Welcome to Writing Threads with Heather Westberg King and Stephanie Wilson. This is a podcast for people who love the power of story and writers and people who love writers and anyone who just likes real, honest conversation and good writing. Welcome. Let's get started. Hello, it's my friend Steph here. Yes. Hi, Heather. I am here. It's so good to hear you. you Thank you for coming back. It's so nice when you keep showing up with me. I look forward to it. Me too, especially this week, huh? Yeah. 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 So, um, we had promised that we were going to have our friend Ann Immig back, and we do today. And for anyone who missed the first episode with Ann, you should go back to that one and listen to it, too. Um, she's returning here with us today. She's the creator of the Listen to Your Mother show, is a longtime online content creator, um, known as a writer and humorist, and is a life coach at Listen Life Coaching and all her information will be in our show notes and probably online on Instagram and Facebook. And um, Anne's first episode with us is the most listened to episode in all 11 we've done. Wow. And no, Anne, we welcome you back, friend. I'm super surprised by that, but it's also like the second episode. So, that kind of makes sense to me that people listen to the first couple. Anyway, hi. Thanks. I'm really happy to be back with you. Yeah. You know, you can have that theory if you want to about <laughs> why it's a lot. But <laughs> I also think it's because you are lovely and wise. Um, <laughs> and people know you on the Internet and they click when they see your name. Hmm. So I think that has something to do with it, too. It was all downhill from there. <laughs> No, it's been great. Um, but, you know, we had talked in that a couple of weeks ago on the episode before the Casey Coombs episode, which um, if anyone missed that, please go back and bear witness to what's going on with Casey. Um, she is safely tucked away at treatment right now, which is so great. And she talked to us before she left. Um, it took a lot of courage. It's just... She's a she's a um, a wise one about this whole um, hard addiction, m- mental illness thing that so many people live, and I think it helped a lot of people to hear her story. So we had snuck that episode in before Anne's episode um, after we had been talking about kind of like I. For me, I kind of felt like it was a woe is me episode, but um, apparently people appreciated it because I got more (laughs) messages than I normally did um, after other episodes. And it was the one where I shared an experience with my daughter. Um, It was some truth telling I needed to do, and that was difficult. Um, That's the episode right before the Casey Coombs one. So I guess that would make it episode 10. Um, before I even told the story of my conversation with my daughter, we were talking kind of about how we don't feel like we're adults, don't really know how to feel okay in our stage of life. And we wanted to talk to Anne because of her skills overall with, um, I mean, I've done life coaching with Anne and it was so fantastic, just the insights and intuition and the knowledge that you've gained and over time is just so helpful. And I hope so many people find their way to you. Oh, thank you. I think it's such a result exactly with what you're doing, with having borne witness to so many stories and Heather, I think the harder the story is to tell, I know you called it woe is me, but just like you said, with people reaching out to you and with Casey's episode, which I've listened to, these are, you know, the theme of your podcast and Stephanie has shared some really hard truths too. Like 
the harder it is to share, the most likely more people need it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you're offering a tremendous service through this podcast in, in service and stories, really. Thank you, Anne. We're doing our best. And I, I don't think we can move forward without saying something about this week and its, um, its events it's what's on our hearts and minds and that's what we do is what you just talked about um so i just want to spend a little time i don't think we need to talk about it the whole time but um because i feel like it's been really um well said elsewhere this um just thoughts on this topic um but after this massacre of 19 10 and 11 year olds and two educators this week i just want to point people to some places where they can find a little hope and direction. Um, and one of those things is, um, it would be Thursday's episode, right? Yeah, today's Friday. Yeah, yesterday's episode of We Can Do Hard Things gives so much valuable information and, and hope because of the information. Um, so, look for the episode of we can do hard things um, with the what would we call her Anne, the creator of mom's demand action yeah i think she's the founder shannon watts yeah say her name again shannon watts yeah okay so people are able to look up her too but um you can also go to mom's demand action um there's so much in that episode of we can do hard things that was beneficial to me. And I just want other people to be led to it. Um, I really appreciated the beginning when Amanda talked about um, how we believe we're all pitted against each other, either as gun lovers versus gun haters, um, conservatives versus liberals, and giving some facts about what people in this country really do believe about guns. And an example of that is my hunting loving father and my hunting loving husband who would try any change, even if it had to do with guns for there to be more safety for the people in our country and have an openness to that, that I think a lot of gun owning people have, and we're, it's easy to believe that they don't. And it's, we're kind of being snowed into giving up hope, thinking all the people out there are on one exact page or another, and it's just not true. And people can learn a lot more about that on We Can Do Hard Things. So I just wanted to have that said and anything you guys want to say before we move forward. I wanted to add that um, I wrote this down. If you text um, ACT, the word ACT, A-C-T, to 64433, you can get connected with um, Mom's Man Action. I think that is. Or no, that's the Everytown for Gun Safety. Is that the same thing? They're one um, mom's demand is, is part Different. of, okay. They're connected. Cause um, I think I was already part of it, but I, I know that I wrote that down. Um, and then basically they will just set you right up with a local situation, you know? So it's, it's six, four, four, three, three text act, and then you'll get hooked up. I, I mean, and then it even has a very easy way, like, so easy you don't even have to really fill in anything other than your name to to message your local senator and i just want to add that i've been involved for years with mom's demand and i can assure you that i have lobbied at our state capitol alongside republicans gun owners it absolutely is bipartisan um but what I also want to add that just came to me as I was listening is now is a really good time, especially if you are feeling despair and that you don't have hope for the future and that it's so overwhelming. Now is a really good time to practice acting as if. Act as if this is going to be the defining moment that changes things. 
mm-hmm. things. You don't have to feel it to believe it, or you know, you don't even have to believe it to act as if and to make a phone call or to attend a meeting, or even if you share on social media or do nothing, even having the outlook of, yep, this is the change, I'm gonna be part of it, and it's happening today, can do wonders for your own well being and also the cause overall. Yes, I love that, Anne. Thank you. Because, you know, I'm going to be honest, uh, we had these topics that I mentioned earlier to talk about with you. And I I still want to have that conversation because I know there's more healing work to do for both Steph and I. um, And I think we're doing that. And I think it will take time. And I think that's good. But in in these moments where something like this happens, I start to think, all that stuff I'm worried about is pointless. Like, why am I navel gazing? But then I turned that around and remembered that if I don't do this work and if I don't spend some time focused on the removal of shame in my own life, and if I don't deny the angry voices in my head and heart, um, I can't do any of this other good work because I feel too bad and too hopeless. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to mention that, that yeah, I think this is still an important conversation because we want to be feeling better about ourselves and our lives so that we can do the work in, that needs to be done in the world. And being present for your own life is what life is all about. And if yeah. you're going to naysay all your feelings, then you're also not going to be able to be present in the moment of your life and the goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the major, I think, themes or threads, if you will, with both Steph and I, um, <clears throat> and the fundamentalist background plays a part in this, but I think it's also just part of being human, is, um, is being hard on ourselves. Um, and I was just thinking in these last couple of weeks, since that podcast, um, I'm realizing that I can kind of get away with beating myself up because I don't do it really overtly anymore. I don't, I'm not quick to um, self-deprecate, especially out loud. I, but I think it's like almost on a subconscious level that there's this little snickering going on that still needs some work. And it always will. So that's hard to hear. And it's true is that we are all, when we're children, we all develop these protective mechanisms Mm -hmm. to get through whatever we're going through. And those stick around after we don't need them anymore. We can Mm -hmm. call them our judge. I'm, in a training right now and they refer to this negative voice that every single person, every single human has as their judge. And it talks to us and it's a matter of learning to recognize it and say, thank you judge, or I hear you judge, got it. And then redirect yourself. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting. I was kind of making some connections, listening to your, episodes about um Casey mentioned DBT therapy and she calls it like skills practice and it's also the other connection is when you were talking about the show better things Mm -hmm. and how the mom in that show when you were talking about the idea of (laughs) self-care that the self-care you related to is the one where she would like drop down and breathe heavy. Mm -hmm. And this is DBT. This is skills practice. This is getting out of your head and self-soothing in some physical way that taps into your senses. It's about not getting into the talking into your head, not arguing with the judge in your head. head. I'm repeating back to myself a lot. Are you guys hearing that? No. Okay, good. Um, I was talking to my judge just now. Just kidding. 
um, horrible. <laughs> but so not having an argument or contradicting or trying to make your judge go away, but just redirecting yourself to make your senses a little keener, like look at something in great detail for 10 seconds, touch two fingers together and try to feel the ridges of your skin, massage your scalp, close your eyes, um, smell what you can smell. Anything to get out of your head for a few seconds can just help you redirect and reset. I I have to say that, my kid, you know those head scratcher things. It looks like a kitchen tool. It looks like a broken whisk, and it's wiry. Yeah. And we, Noah, got one somehow randomly, and he let me use it. And oh my goodness, now it sits by my bed, by my side of the bed, because it is amazing where you don't even realize that where you have nerve endings that have feelings that you don't even tap into mm-hmm. ever. And just doing that every once in a while, I'm like, Oh my God, that feels so good. And I forgot I had feeling there. Mm-hmm. Because even if, you know, Heather, you, you're talking about how like your negative voice is a lot less obvious because you're not, because you're not- outwardly self, you know, berating or whatever. Mm-hmm. It affects our posture in our body. I mean, you can tell when you sit up in your chair and you imagine like that you're about to walk out of a door and greet your favorite person in the world, your chest, like you sit up straighter, you know, you're, you take in more oxygen, you, you, you're, you open up. So even when it stays inside, it affects, you know, the tension just builds and it affects your body. And so whether it's like, that's a great example, like the head scratcher or some, or even just like wiggling your toes and your shoes. Like there's a lot of ways it's about getting grounded back in your body and taking some deep breaths. Well, you are going to be so proud of me because this week I had massage and acupuncture. Oh, that was so great. Yeah, I know. Right. And so, and what I'm learning both at the chiropractor and with the massage therapist who also does acupuncture, um, it's pretty crazy. Here's the thread again, that you mentioned posture and, and I'm just wondering how long have you known about my brain based on how bad my posture is? (laughs) (laughs) So I have bad posture. And I, it makes sense to me now, right? I, I always just thought I had bad posture because I had bad posture, but I've had it since I was a kid. And I was never someone who could sit up straight. I was folded in like being small, right? Mm-hmm. And now I have a lot of issues with tightness in my throat and neck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some in like my rib cage chest area and both of these providers have said to me, you need to use your voice. Oh. Thank goodness There's- you started this podcast. Isn't it crazy? And, and they're saying, they're saying, you know, there's something you need to say that you haven't said. You've been too scared to say it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. And the chiropractor said, or you're beginning to say it and that's scary, but it's going to set you free. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. And I was like, uh, you know, I mean, it. yeah, you're right. And I told her about the podcast and I was just like, that's, that's fascinating. I mean, they each separately told me this, which by the way, is naughty voodoo, right? Steph. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we, it, it wouldn't have been allowed of us to do these woo woo things, including yoga. Mm-hmm. So I'm 47 years old and I'm finally, it's not that I felt like those things were bad or wrong. I just think when there's a resistance that you feel in your culture, then 
you just go towards the same old things as everyone else. For sure. Try to fix it. I think before, I think when we were getting ready to originally talk, you know, whenever our first plan was, um, it was around Mother's Day. And one thing that I was going to mention was I had scheduled myself for a massage, a 90-minute massage, which was heavenly, uh, the Tuesday before Mother's Day. And it just so happened to be that I had called like a month or two beforehand, and that was like the soonest I could get in. So I just selected that. And it randomly happened to be, you know, the week before Mother's Day. But that was so amazing that I have now set a reminder that I'm going to do that for myself next year. Mm. And I'm hopefully going to get a massage before a year from now. However, that the way I felt in that massage before Mother's Day, um, it worked for me. And it was hilarious because... The day after Mother's Day, I thought it was so funny at work when another agent came in and she's a mom, older mom, and she was like, how'd you do? Aren't you so glad that day is over? <laughs> she was like, <laughs> you know, because Mother's Day isn't always a break, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like for me and I think a lot of other moms, it's a day to be on all day, you know? <laughs> At least it was for me. I mean, Stephanie, you know my whole joke about this, right? Which is that when I started listening to your mother, I'm like, Mother's Mother's Day deserves more than brunch. And then all of a sudden I was like, I got to shut this down. I really just want to have brunch. (laughs) (laughs) No more like national holiday shows, everything, (laughs) birthday often on this day. Your birthday was on often often that too and it was just like oh wait a minute now I just want to literally just have brunch in my house so yes I feel this yeah well I just I can't get over that for one thing I can't get over you know what I've been learning and Steph and I were chatting back and forth um we, we always do. It's, it's become a lifesaver to have our conversations between the podcasts too. Um, and, and she said, look how much progress we're making. Yeah. And And I just want to really reiterate, like, this isn't something that you figure out and now you've got it figured out. This is the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. The judge in our head will be there the rest of our lives. It's our relationship to it that can change. And we're going to be dealing with body tension and aches and pains and illness the rest of our lives. It's about learning new and different ways to release. And that should take the pressure off. Like you're not, it's not about fixing yourself. Mm-hmm. And I know it's like maintenance, right? Yes, we were talking about yes. that maintenance. We were yeah, talking about I- that in the last episode. Yeah. And I think it's, um, for people like Steph and I, you know, it, you really were supposed to get fixed, like get, that sounds funny. Um, but you were, <laughs> you were supposed to, because we were broken. Oh yeah. And you know, we were, and this is what we were told. Yeah. 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 And that if you then have your personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then he is making you whole and healthy and being the good in you. And so if you have some stuff going on, like, of course you're going to, because you're a human being, um, that is a denial of the Christ in you. And so you need to fix it. I mean, talk about a literal weight on your shoulders, Heather. Yeah. Yeah. And so And that's the stuff I always heard the loudest because of just how I made, you know, my makeup. Other people might not have taken it in the ways that I did, or they, or they just don't absorb it in the same way or something. But I know I did. I know I was uncomfortable with those messages. And I know that they're still there because there's no way to undo it completely. There really isn't. I mean, we can heal and change and grow and have a different mindset. 
but you're right. It's like the judge is always going to be there, but it's just recognizing like, huh, well, there you are. Yeah. You're getting old, old, but whatever, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm the, the coaching program I'm doing right now is with a man named Shirzad Shamin. And he just says like, Oh, it's you again. What took you so long? (laughs) It's about having a light touch with it sort of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, sometimes he really has to have a boundary and be like, go away. Not right now. And it's not a denial. It's not like getting angry and getting in a fight. It's just disregarding, (laughs) putting up a boundary and redirecting yourself. Mm -hmm. And so what do you think about what I then shared in the second part of the podcast and how, so sometimes these big things are going to come up that, you know, it's something I actually did do in my life that I would do differently now. And so the ghosts that haunt me really came up with my conversation with Elsie. And then there was the shame again. And if it is something that you really are responsible for, it's where your choices that made the thing a very big thing for your 10 year old. Um, I think I've come a a little ways with processing that and feeling better about it since that, um, two weeks ago, which makes me almost glad we didn't talk right away because you won't have to do so much convincing of me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my reaction I mean, I had lots of reactions to listening to that conversation, but one of the biggest ones is that we tell our kids all the time, there is nothing that you can't do. There's nothing that you could do that would make me love you any less. I am always going to be here for you. You know, we say things like that, these generalizations, and they become a lot more real as kids get older, Uh, meaning the actual things come up that you have to reckon with, and then you have to show them that you mean it and I feel like this was a beautiful example of you laying your truth bare in an age-appropriate way answering her questions and not like completely overwhelming her with information and taking your time and doing it as truthfully and maybe awkwardly and maybe messily as you did Mm -hmm. and then showing her you are walking that you're modeling for her this is how we love each other when it's hard. And I, and I talked to you, I called you and we talked about <laughs> the Velveteen rabbit and that whole, mm-hmm. that whole beautiful metaphor of becoming real is when all the luster gets taken away and you have to love each other through the hard things. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like kids learn most when we just live through things and show them how we handle them more than these things that we say to them. And she was doing it in real time. She was running back to you and saying, you know, I need space from you and I love you and I'm always going to love you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I had already forgotten about the Velveteen Rabbit. But did did you know that I played the Velveteen Rabbit in college? Of course you did. (laughs) Of course you did. I was in the production of Velveteen Rabbit. I wore a bunny suit. It was we performed for elementary schools and stuff. And that was also I'm so sorry I'm taking this off topic. No, that but you're I have fine. to say this was the time that we had a sparkle pot, which was like because we had like a little stuffed rat, velveteen rabbit and then it would get like left by the, the wall. There was like a wall that we hung out at in the scene. And then there would be a sparkle pot explosion and then I would appear and the the little teddy bear would be gone or the velveteen rabbit. Well, when we threw the velveteen rabbit over the wall, it landed on the sparkle pot and it caught fire. Oh (laughs) my God. And I I was the one to see it. I ran clear across to the other side of the stage and we had, remember the skin horse, there's a skin horse in the velveteen rabbit and the skin horse. He had a seven up. He had a bottle of seven up or Sprite. And so we ran back over and 
put it out with some Sprite and see if you're ever in theater, you know that there's that fear of a theater fire, you know, we have Mm -hmm. the fire curtain and everything. You just want to always be so fire sensitive and safety. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to burn down the theater, but we got it out. And And then the the skin rabbit was destroyed. Thank God you weren't like, you didn't, that costume didn't go to the flames. I know it didn't get my costume because I mean I was made of all flammable material. Yes. So, anyway, I just have rough. to think that I think there's a metaphor here. That's yes, what. find it, please, Heather. Find we it for me. Um, I think Skin Horse just sounds so Hannibal Lecter. I can't. Why was he called the Skin Horse? I guess they're trying to say that it was made of leather, right? Like he wasn't fuzzy. It's so gross. I don't know. <laughs> okay so here's another thing like another thing that I think Steph and I were on well we talk about it a lot and in general but um when it is the struggle that it is life for all of us um I can sure get bogged down in and I think my anxiety being provoked by the small things because the bigger things are actually what's getting to me. Um, but I am also just anxious. Like I have an anxious nature. It's generational and it's situational and you know, all that. And I was thinking about that in the last couple of weeks too. Like at one point, I was running to, you know, pick someone up from somewhere, baseball or something. And I was feeling all worn out and tired of doing all the things. And I started to feel resentful about it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, what a waste of time. Like I'm wasting my energy feeling resentful on top of already being exhausted. And this stuff isn't going away it's my life. And the truth is I love my life and I love these people in it that I have just this pure joy to know in this life, including my kids and my husband and my parents and the people that I do things for the friends that I do things for. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I think I have spent so many years riding in and out of that daily resentment And I know it's a really common struggle. And I even look back at that kind of lament when I was writing on the blog all those years. And maybe it's just normal to need to get to however many years into it before you recognize that you want to be done with it. But I had this moment of, I'm not going to do that anymore. Kind of like quitting a, a bad habit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's just felt different and I, I'm me and I'm going to be human and I'm going to have my moments and that's okay. We all get impatient. We all get really tired and really stressed out um, and get reactionary or resentful. But and that was, a con- that was a conscious shift to control what you can control. I mean, it reminds me of when we were in the thick of little babies and Ben, my husband was traveling constantly and we went to couples therapy and I don't even remember like if it was the therapist at the time or if it was something I was reading or listening to, but I was putting so much toxic resentment into our relationship and our home on the sly, like muttering under my breath and rolling my eyes. And I, something or someone called me out on that and I realized like, oh, I am just like oozing toxic sludge into my house. And that's something I can change. Mm -hmm. And I did. did And what did you do? Just stopped it? You caught yourself? Yeah. It's kind of what Heather's describing. Like, Mm -hmm. why? This isn't helping anyone. Because I think I thought I was getting away with it. That's why. I think I thought if Ben didn't see it, it didn't matter. And then mm-hmm. I realized the way I stopped is because I realized it mattered and it was harming my relationship and my 
home and it did matter. And that was enough to me to make a change. And then, I mean, I think that also went hand in hand that at that time I was putting my intimacy in all sorts of other places. And I don't mean sexual. I mean, like if I had good news, I would share it with friends or my mom. Mm. I was constantly talking to my mom and a conscious shift of like, share your good news with your husband. Share. So those two things together made a huge difference. Um, but I bring it up because of having that moment of, oh, it actually does matter what I'm doing with my face and what I'm doing with my energy. And it's not perform. It's not about other people. It's about your experience of your own life. Mm-hmm. And so if we talk about that to ourselves yes then can you imagine how that will change even our posture yeah right it does exactly yeah and I you know I think I'm always kind of a late bloomer and I don't I'm not mad at myself about that I just recognize it it takes me a while to really get things well, yeah, that's the thing. Go ahead, Steph. I was just going to say, are you really a late bloomer or you're just trying to control the time? I mean, like, who said, who gave you the timeline? <laughs> and the context has changed well, so much, Heather. You're living, this is a different marriage. This is a different age. Kids, like, this is like this narrative that I really want to, like, keep repeating today this idea that you should have known already and that Mm -hmm. you should have figured this out by now like how many times do we all say to ourselves like I thought I had fixed this I thought I knew this already I thought I was done with this and then it comes Mm -hmm. back and now it's like here you are again okay new situations new set of tools new circumstance Mm -hmm. and here you are again and I'm gonna see you again (laughs) see you in a while (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's so good that's so good both of you smacked me in the face with your words <laughs> well Heather we do I I hope it was a love tap yeah um, yeah totally you know so I you... call it the Ann Hammer <laughs> <laughs> so sad but it's so true <laughs> yeah it's with love but it can be it can be a significant weight. <laughs> but I, I love it. I love it. And I do it to other people. I have the Heather, Heather Hammer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, that really helped. That helped a lot. Thank you. Also, what I was going to say is in our house, I think we've discussed this before. I can't remember when we were talking about random shit but um in our house we don't really I am not really good with rules because I don't like rules but we do have major two major rules no teasing and no shaming Mm. and and those are legit rules like I tell people if they come to our house to hang out family members that come visit especially uh especially grandparents like to tease sometimes and growing up like I was just talking to my kids about this, how growing up, like my family and like cousins and aunts and my parents, like if it, and my brother, if there was like one thing that I was really afraid of or ashamed of, they would target in on that. And then I was, te- they would just tease you just relentlessly. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I was not going to have that in my house. And we, I can say we successfully don't. And if anything, I'm the one called out for teasing, you know, like if there's something like I, we joke around or whatever, but we're very careful about it. We're not like precious about it, but it's definitely does affect the energy and the air in our home. And it's something I do have to remind myself not to tease or shame myself. And it's hard, but it works. And when you get in that groove, it's really easy to stay in that lane. I'm so impressed that you made these lessons overt and shared them with your family. Like I have, I think they're unspoken rules in our home about kindness and peace and all sorts of things, but it never even occurred to me that I would tell other people who came into our home, 
these are the rules of our home. I think that's such an incredible modeling for it's, everyone. It goes to the friends. It goes because I mean, I have there's other siblings. It's easy to make comments or whatever. Yeah, and we said it straight right from the beginning. Ooh, and I it love that self talk. It includes, includes self-talk. So when I hear, you know, people berating themselves or whatever, we talk about it. I don't let it go. Mm. And I don't shame them when they shame themselves, <laughs> you know. No, shame shaming themselves. Right. Um, so I don't know what kind of staff hammer that would be, but my I don't. I don't feel like I'm a hammer. I was just imagining, like, those hand-painted signs, like, no shaming, no teasing. Like, you know, like, in this house, we, like, you well, know, people have their signs. I just have a sign. It. I don't have a teasing and shaming sign, but it, it, there's something similar in the bathroom. Good. <laughs> Is it flushing and washing? No, we did have a sign. <laughs> Ivy made a sign a long time ago that said, Please be sure to close the lid. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's still taped to the door. It was there forever. Oh, that's funny. No one, everyone at my house would just forget the note was there. Like it would become background. They would never do it. Exactly. Um, I just have to tell you guys that, you know, knowing this about myself for as long as I have this, this disgruntled Heather that comes out, she is really into lists and really unnecessary chores um, for her to do her own chores, right? Because no one else is doing anything. Um, so I don't know if I said this before, but on Easter, we were over at my parents and I don't know how it started, but the kids were taking turns acting out family members. So I suppose this was kind of teasing, but it was so much fun and so <laughs> funny. Um. But just, you know, Elsie, Elsie walking in how my husband walks and how he talks and she had it spot on and we were just dying. And then one of them got up and you were supposed to guess who they were being. And one of them got up and started frantically moving things around and pretending to clean and acting <laughs> in a really big hurry. So yet your family notices and well, feels attention. Yeah, and I think that's a good way to to find out the temperature or read the room because if someone reacts in a way that's like, "Hey, that was that wasn't okay with me," you're making fun of me or whatever, then it's a good time to talk about it. But we also love to do the same thing, and it can be loving, it can be fun and loving. It doesn't yeah. have to be mean spirited. That's what I'm about. Right. Not mean spirited. Did anything mean? They just did the funny stuff, and then for yeah. my. Oh, everyone knew immediately. Oh, yeah, that's mom. That's mommy. Oh yep. my goodness. And how did and, that make you feel? Well, I have accepted it and they have accepted it to some degree because it really is like when things are just crazy, it's like my need, my need to feel like I can accomplish something. And there, the dishes are done. There's a before and after and now I feel like, like I had some kind of control, which isn't necessarily healthy, but we all just kind of recognize it. Like, okay, something big must have happened today with Nanny and Papa because look at her go, you know? <laughs> um, but I did think to myself that day, you know, like, wow, it really is time to work on this because they are growing up so fast. Well, and it's just really humbling, really like... When I see my son getting stressed out, if we're going to be one minute late and I know exactly where it's coming from, mm-hmm. you know, and um, that is one thing I've been trying to do when I notice myself feeling anxious. Um, also, I don't know a single human. I think to be alive right now is to be anxious, Heather, just yes. by the way, but mm-hmm. um, I've been trying to tell myself slow down because I'm. I'll have this internal hurry, 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 even when there's no reason to hurry, like it's completely arbitrary. So mm-hmm. I'll just tell myself to just slow down um, a lot of the time when I feel that energy just whipping up. Um, and it's so I, I learned from my kids who are basically, I have a 15 year old and an 18 year old, but they're adult size and 
adults. And I notice how it bothers them when I am being self-deprecating. Like I'll do it around cooking because cooking's not a super source of pride for me. Like I'm a decent cook, but sometimes like if I'm not happy with something, I'll really just make a disparaging comment about it. And it bothers them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's our, our values coming to the surface in a really loving way, but it's also so humbling, right? Where I'm like learning, like they're reacting to my example, you know? Yeah. And I, I'm just growing up with them. That's what yeah. I'm doing. Yep. Yep. Um, and I, you know, you often hear, you know, all they really need all they really want, like what they need, of course, is love and safety and boundaries and, you know, all the parenting things that are essential. But what they want more than anything is for their parents or caregivers to be happy. Mm-hmm. That's what they want. I mean, Elsie, Elsie has taught me that so thoroughly because, how she, because of how she feels the feelings around her so deeply. Mm-hmm. and is so aware and, and reflect, she's like a little mirror. And when mm-hmm. I am frazzled and thinking about things like dishes and laundry, I'm not behaving like a happy person. And then I try to tell her I'm fine. And if I'm behaving that way, I'm usually not fine. And she knows it. She'll go, uh-huh. Mm. Uh-huh. So what do you think you could do to find a little peace when you're whipped up like that? Like, I think you could substitute happy can feel like really, really beyond aspirational. Sure. Um, but you can substitute words like peaceful or, mm-hmm. you know, just that it's like a little notch on the dial toward less stress. Um, <laughs> yep. Do you well, think there's I... something that you could do overtly with her? That would kind of acknowledge you're you're not fine, mm-hmm. and also let's take a second, let's shift the energy somehow. Yeah, I, I mean, so far, like what I have learned about those moments is that it helps her if I just stop and look at her and tell her, like, oh, look at me, look at the mode I'm in. You know, clearly, I need to take some deep breaths. Mm-hmm. And we will actually take deep breaths together. Oh, that's amazing. And sometimes we're doing that the other way around a lot of times, actually, because of the way she's made and, and what affects her, she will get really worked up and I'll just hold on to her for a second and look into her face and say, let's just breathe together for a moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what I, you know, the Buddhists say the holy pause, right? Mm-hmm. Holy pause. And that's been going through my head a lot that that's kind of been my thing over this period of time where we've really been drowning in a lot of crisis. And sometimes that's all I have is that moment, a holy pause to just stop. And sometimes I stretch yeah. and sometimes yeah. I drink a glass of water and sometimes I just breathe. Um, sometimes you know, like Asher and I have rituals. Like when we both get up in the morning, once we're both to the living room, he says, Wordle. And we <laughs> get at the same time. Um, he just loves to do it with me and I with him so that we're racing. Um, and it's just a fun little game. But, you know, just these, these moments of doing nothing together mm-hmm. really helps. Well, and what a great motivator. It's really affirming for her. You said, you know, a lot of this you do to help her regulate. And what a relief for her when you do it for you. How she must feel less alone and like everyone has to do this. So that can be a great motivator to remember to do it with your other kids and yourself too. I love that. (laughs) Jinx. Well, Steph, I would love it if you would share some of the water thoughts you've been having with this whole topic. I mean, if you can remember now that it's been two weeks, but you shared some in writing um, that I just love it. I love the idea of the fluidity and you talk about it sometimes in a way that I just think is beautiful. 
Well, I'm trying to think now. Was I talking about drowning or treading water? I think it was. Okay. <laughs> it was more um like surfing. Yeah. Oh. Was it surfing? I brought up the surfing. That. No. Oh, I, I have mine, you. Mine was about, I think it was along the lines of the grieving, you know, how we had talked about grieving and like, I was like, what if we're not treading water? What, like, what if, oh, what did I say? You know, like, what if we aren't, um, okay. Yeah. What if we aren't just treading water? What if we are stalling on purpose? Yes. What if we're stalling? Like stalling for time. What if uh -huh. I'm avoiding? I'm treading because I'm avoiding going over to the other side. I'm avoiding going to the deep end. I'm avoiding put, reaching my toes down to see if I've hit a sandbar or maybe I'm in shallow water, but I don't know because I'm treading. You know, I'm in that tread mode where mm -hmm. you're just like, I have to remind myself so much. Like, you know what? Uh, everything is yes everything's bad right now but like this very moment what can I can't do anything in this very moment what if I just enjoy what I'm doing if everything sucks why don't I just enjoy stuff you know like what I can mm -hmm. uh, yeah and one of the um visualizations again that I did as part of this coaching training was imagining yourself surfing. Like the waves of life are going to continue our whole life. And so you can even like kind of physically put yourself in that position and imagine instead of like treading water where you're like having to keep moving to survive, like give yourself a surfboard, you know? And like it can be fun or it can just be like, I'm just going to roll with it. I don't have a choice anyway, right? So like yeah, making a tools. pivot. Give, like yeah exactly give yourself a I buoy put on literally floaties. I yes. floaties as a yes. kid oh my god my arm water wings so picture I love that Stephanie picture yourself with water wings on a floaty because I agree there is something about being on a floaty that is so oh, magical yeah oh I want to be on a floaty right now um, Elsie's trying to pack one. We're leaving for um, South Carolina on Sunday, and she is trying to pack an entire floaty in the suitcase with all the clothes and all the things we need. Um, I'm picturing so, her trying to pack it like while it's still inflated. I know. It's going to be very compact. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, it's always, it's interesting to me that, you know, she's made the way she's made and and she is another person where the water is just where, where it's at for her. Like the first time she was near the ocean, she felt like she was home. Oh, I, love I remember that. you I relate about that. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that, to a, that a lot. Yep. I think, I think it's just helpful. The fluid and water examples work for me because I feel like so much of life is fluid, so much of the good and the bad. And I feel like when I want to remember that everything is always available to me and everything is always within reach, because mm. I just imagine like a big body of water. And like sometimes it just means I got to swim over a little bit to it, but it's right there. You know, it's all right there. Um, it's not linear to me it's more fluid and accessible if that makes any sense yes yeah it's beautiful it makes total sense yeah and i i just want to tell you about um uh in real life local friend of mine named amy um she's 10 years younger than me um we met working at the cafe downtown together um i don't know six years ago or more than that. I'm not even sure, but she is one of the most, um, like having boundaries just comes naturally to her or she just learned it quickly in her life. I don't know, but, um, and she, but she's also the person that will make you feel like family in the sense of just showing up for you when you need her. And, something I've learned from her that is just a practical response to what we're talking about is something I, she helped me realize that I 
my to-do list, my schedule, my time was always based on what I could pack in. So instead, you know, of really considering things when someone would ask me to do it, I would just look for space in my calendar. And she checks her insides before she looks at her calendar. Mm-hmm. She just she just takes that pause and is like, you know what? I'm not even going to consider looking at my calendar because I don't feel, I don't feel like I can take this on. And you know what? That's so great. Rather than putting it on your calendar and then thinking up an excuse later on to cancel. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Or saying, I, I, I shouldn't have said that because actually I don't have the bandwidth to do it. And I you think know? that's even more respectful to the other party. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. It's already been almost an hour. You guys, it's crazy. I don't know, but I love every word, word, words. I love every words. Um, I want to share something I noted to share just because it's got to be shared. Um, is this poem from Amy turn sharp. Um, I'm calling it, you are magic. You most definitely have enough love inside of you to make your life insanely spectacular. I'm sorry, but you just have to turn it up. You have to love yourself like all the way through the old stories and all the way into a new book called I Am Fucking Alive and Magic. And you have to love your family and friends harder too. Even the difficult ones, love them, blow their minds. You are so full of love that you could probably start a parade. People would follow you. People would dance in the street with you. All anyone wants is to have moments with other humans that feel like the movies. Time that involves music and kissing and flickering light. Peace, clapping, that. You have all of that. Put out your hand today. Be open to the idea that your love will fuel something in someone else. You are a part of everything beautiful. Act like it. That's it. That's it. That's, that's awesome. What, that's what it's about. That for me. That you guys do that for me. And I'm so grateful for you. Well, I'm looking at this quote right now from Andre DeShields, who's an incredible actor in his 70s. Surround yourself with people whose eyes light up when they see you coming. And that's what you guys do for me. No. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being with us again, Anne. I love it. I love it too. (laughs) I love you both so much. Love you. Have a good week, both of you. You too. Weekend, I guess. Whatever. What is time? (laughs) (laughs) Get out of here. Bye. Bye. Hey, would it do you some good to listen to some laughter? Then hold on for one more second. We're giving you a little bit of bonus material from when we were practicing what we would sound like before we started the podcast with Anne. So check it out. Here it is. Okay, but I need, this is a curiosity I have. When I take a sip of my tea, do you hear me swallow like um, an NPR like sketch comedy? Let's hear. Did you hear that? <laughs> Wait, I kind of want to keep that. Wait, I'm going to take a sip of my cold brew. <laughs> yep, I heard it. <laughs> I okay, didn't. Weird. Okay, weird. Okay, I'm going to take a sip of my fresca. Okay. I'm done. Nothing. Nothing. Anne, do you have an iPhone? Yeah. Okay, so Anne and I have iPhones. I wonder if it's any... A Samsung. So I'm only going to take a sip while you guys are talking, so it's not like... (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Thank you for being here with us and our wonderful guest, Anne Immig. You can find Anne at listenlifecoaching.com. 
If you need a little coaching to get your head on straight, maybe reach some goals, maybe learn a little more about the positive stuff that you hold in yourself, please reach out to Anne. She's amazing at what she does. And if you want to support us, please rate and review the podcast wherever you listen and tell your friends if you think it's something they would like. We love you. Have a good week.